I'm Laura Vinroot Poole. For over 20 years, I've owned Capital, an internationally recognized specialty store in Charlotte, North Carolina. On this podcast, we unlock the stories of people's lives through the stories of what they wore. These aren't conversations about fashion. These are conversations about people. Everybody wants to know her name. Leela Rose is a Texas native known for her gorgeous ready-to-wear, bridal designs, and her most recent venture, Pearl. On this episode, Leela shares more about her mission to always make business fun and how she navigated being a first-time mother and an entrepreneur. Leela Rose, I am so excited to have you in Brentwood with us. Well, Laura, I am so excited to be here because, first of all, you and I go way, way back. Well, so. like really way back. <laughs> I, I, I bought Let's your first collection. Let's not tell how long. Well, I, well not to say in years, but I, did, I bought your first collection. I know. I know. So this is really kind of fun that we're both still here today. It is. And... It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a dinner tonight in Brentwood to celebrate your spring collection. Yeah, we're so excited in your gorgeous new store that I've just been in for the first time. And it is exactly as you are. It's surprising. It's exciting. It's beautiful and unbelievably chic. Thank you, Leela. (laughs) We tell the listeners where you're from if they don't already know. Well, I'm from Dallas in Texas originally, and I've always considered myself to still be a Texan, but I've lived in New York for (laughs) well over 20 years and it's funny my husband is also from texas how do you think texas informs who you are i think it's had a lot of influence on me and i just think texas women not even just from being a designer but you know this is something people ask a lot because i entertain all the time yes you're an olympic level entertainer well i i think i'm more of like a serial entertainer (laughs) (laughs) i'm constantly committing the same you know crime over and over and over again of like, I just cannot stop entertaining. My last two apartments in New York City have been on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is from growing up in, you know, a place that like Texas, where you just would kind of open your front door and there's always something to eat and drink. And that's kind of how we live in New York City. Do you think Texans are Southerners? I think we consider ourselves basically part of the south but we're really our own independent country i think so too i really do (laughs) oh yeah your texans are we are very like no no we are texas Uh the rest of this country is not us yeah i totally (laughs) and you know we talked about seceding at some point oh yeah you You may do it again yeah (laughs) (laughs) who knows (laughs) what's your first fashion memory i mean texas is ground zero for the best shopping in the world So Neiman Marcus, which, you know, the home of Neiman Marcus is Dallas. And I would go to their Fortnites. And really, not that many people remember Fortnite unless you're... Playing video games. Yeah. (laughs) No, not definitely. Okay. Anyone of the younger persuasion, I am not talking about a video game. I'm talking about truly the most magical. It was how I traveled as a young girl. And I don't, I didn't have to get on an airplane. 
you would go to the Neiman Marcus Fortnite, and regardless of what country they would be doing, you learned everything about that country Wait, from explain the this. food. So it's a like, a, when is it? And explain what it so is. So it would be for a fortnight. So it was a little, or I, I don't know if fortnight is two weeks exactly, but it's around that amount of time. And this was Stanley Marcus who uh-huh. had instituted fortnight. And he had dignitaries from all over the world. Uh-huh. Like he had royalty. Everyone would come in. And especially when it was around their countries. Fortnite, so he would have any celebrity or author or you know a lot of these countries were obviously royal and you would have these amazing artisans that would come in and would be showing you how they did this work and all of the food was from that country and all of the music so when you walked in to neiman marcus you literally walked into the most glorious version of that country that you were visiting and i'd be like oh i've been to sweden (laughs) (laughs) and then they and he had you you could buy things around it like they're also all the merchandise fabulous all the merchandise he was so amazing yeah i mean he was a visionary in so many different ways where did he come from like do you know that the history of the store i know some of the history of the store you know it was two families it was the The neimans and the marcuses And Stanley, I think, had two brothers. I'm sure I'm getting this wrong somehow, but he had some brothers. But Stanley was the main visionary, and he Uh was the son or the grandson, and he's the one who kind of turned it into the couture designer emporium that it really was. And And my grandmother was actually a Neiman Marcus model. Well, that was what I was going to ask. And she was there during (laughs) Stanley's time there. Wow. And do you remember shopping with your mom there? Is that your first sort of fashion memory? or? What? Oh, I would shop with my mom and grandmother. And one of my other really, I mean, it's so funny that <laughs> so much of my fashion memories are about Neiman's. Yeah. But again, you know, Dallas was the home of Neiman's. So it was the most glamorous place to be. Yeah. But I loved going to the, the restaurant in Neiman's. Oh, yeah, yeah that they had the popovers and the strawberry (laughs) butter and like the little carts would roll by and you would have this, you know, Waldorf salad. But my favorite (laughs) thing, and we actually just served it (laughs) as dessert at a dinner I just had recently, (laughs) eel flotant. Oh, eel flotant. I love. Well, which no one, it was all of these editors. Everyone was like, what is Floating Eel Islands. Flotant. I was like, oh, how do you not know Eel Flotant? You're about to. Everyone licked their plate. Was it with a lemon? With a lemon? We didn't do it with you lemon, know, no. but it was it was so Divine. unbelievably <laughs> delicious. I mean, truly, people were practically licking their plates. Clean. I love it. But Eel Flotant was one of my favorite things from Neiman. See, I bring everything back to food. I've heard that you had a great love for in high school, Norma Kamali. Oh. Well. <laughs> Did you buy it at? Um, I bought it Neiman's? at North Park. There. And did you? <laughs> and have you? Did you? Did you subsequently ever meet Norma? Because she's. So I have met Norma. Legendary. She's so adorable and kooky. But I certainly didn't know her back in the day. I really have no idea why I just loved Norma Kamali. But I also was thinking about it back then. I had so many outfits that you Velcroed in your shoulder pads into. (laughs) So you could take these giant shoulder pads. I mean, they were like fit for a football player. (laughs) And you would just Velcro them in your different outfits. So (laughs) you didn't have to have that many different shoulder pads. You just needed to keep 
like Velcro around. I love it. Okay, so how does somebody from Dallas get to Colorado for college? (laughs) And what does one wear? (laughs) Well, let me ask you a question. I don't know if you were going to at some point say... Tell us something that no one else knows about you. Yes, yes, I was going to say that. I'm about to tell you one of the ways that I got to Colorado. So this is something no one probably in the fashion industry knows. Vogue hasn't asked this question. No. So not many people know that I graduated third in my class in wow. high school. Look at you. That's from the bottom. <laughs> so... That was kind of my dad's favorite, like, cocktail party <laughs> joke. People would be like, how's Leela? He'd be like, well, she's third in her class from the bottom. <laughs> I love that. I Rusty was not Rose. much of an academic, and I was not the greatest student. And so, <laughs> you know, not to disparage Colorado in any way, because I know it's now a much better school, but back then, yeah. it was definitely kind of a party school that <laughs> you didn't have to have great grades to get into. And I was like, that place is for me. <laughs> Were you ill-prepared? I mean, what did you... No, you know, I definitely dressed different than everyone else (laughs) who was there. But I mean, I, of course, had two sets of hot rollers. They were (laughs) in my hair. I had these, like, amazing T-shirts with painted women and rhinestones. And I would belt it with my concho belt. And I was like... Oh, I love it. I am... I own this town. That's right, girl. <laughs> I definitely looked fancier, and they were all like, oh, yeah, she's Texan. I'd be like, uh-huh. <laughs> but that is actually, Colorado is where you kind of started your fashion career. Your, I don't know if I'd go so well, far. Well, your entrepreneurial career. Yes. career. Tell me. This is actually another slightly embarrassing thing. <laughs> so when I was in college, I, you know, I'd never learned to sew until I was in college and I was home one Christmas and I was like mom I'm dying to learn how to sew she says that this experience was worse than giving child (laughs) than worse than childbirth for her was teaching me how to sew which I'm sure that because she could sew right my mom could sew oh she could sew she would make all of her like gala ball gowns I mean she wasn't sewing utilitarian aprons or anything she was like making ball gowns with tulle and well I mean don't you you remember you go to the store and they had the patterns and oh yeah beautiful I loved that oh yeah no I shopped at the same fabric store for years it was Richard Brooks and he had the most like exquisite European you know gorgeous chenilles and taffetas and all these fun things so I had my mom teach me how to sew and then I was like oh I'm gonna make everyone's formal dresses and of course they would like sit down and there would be a pin sticking (laughs) or the zipper would break or something but and then I went on from making their formal dresses I was like oh I'm gonna start a business sewing and I kind of made up these they were one-of-a-kind vests and I like to say that vests were cool back then but I really have no idea well gilets were cool um (laughs) I didn't know that word gilet back then (laughs) so I made these one-of-a-kind vests I would travel around and I would get silk scarves from vintage stores all over the country and a lot of times they were like maps of Florida I mean they were kind of from the 50s Uh and they were so cute these scarves and then all of my buttons were Monopoly game pieces. So my dad and I would sit in the garage and drill holes no. into the little dog, the car. I and it. I would just constantly reorder game pieces from Parker Brothers. And I have no <laughs> idea why they kept sending me like set after set after set. That's amazing. 
but it was really fun. So I started selling these vests and I actually even sold them to Fred Seagulls. Really? Uh-huh. Can you, I mean, uh, I was yeah. kind of shocked. And how did you do that? Had you gone to California and... I had a girlfriend from LA uh-huh. and she took them in to Fred Siegel and they were like, yeah, we'll buy That's 20 a- of them. And I was like, <gasps> 20. <laughs> so then I'm on the floor, you know, pinning in the Kappa house and sewing vests. That's amazing. Every once in a while, one of these things rears its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You don't have one, but you've seen it. I don't have one. Yeah. But a few friends like have given theirs to their daughter and I'll be like, oh my God. Do you want to alter it when you see it? Or are you no, like, oh, I'm just kind of like, like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Keep <laughs> that on the down low. original. <laughs> and so how did you get from making your gilets to... I love to, that Laura <laughs> keeps calling them gilets. <laughs> how did you get from that to New York and to... Was that Christian Francis Roth or Richard well, Tyler? Well, that was kind of both. So after... University of Colorado. So I graduated there, which my husband still does not believe I graduated. But yes, <laughs> I graduated. I wanted to go into fashion. I'd kind of caught this fashion bug yeah. from doing this business and thought, I can sew. This is great. So I moved up to New York, went to Parsons and got a fashion design degree and then worked for Christian Francis Roth, who at that time was really in his heyday. And yeah. his heyday wasn't that long of a period but but he was I mean he was amazing yeah he was truly truly astounding so I worked for him and it was amazing because it was this teeny office where you did everything yeah I mean literally everything and is that your biggest lesson from that experience was that you kind of need to know how to do everything or one of my biggest lessons was definitely to pay your bills because day one Day one, the phone rings. I answer it. It's like, ring, ring. And I was like, hello, Christian Francis Roth. And whoever it was was like, you owe money. And I'm like, ooh, um, Christian, someone's on the phone yelling about money. And he just took his scissors and snipped the phone cord right in half. And I was like, hmm, okay. Oh, Leela, I love that. I thought, oh, this might get a little messier somehow and then then from that moved on to Richard Tyler who I love I moved on to Richard Tyler and I you know I was actually just talking about this because Scott Newkirk yeah who works with you I worked with Scott back at Richard Tyler yeah and we really had such an amazing crop of people who that when I worked there we were all kind of there and so many people are doing so many interesting things today still and still in the fashion world that it's kind of amazing remember that beautiful townhouse too oh Oh are you kidding me (laughs) you couldn't even call that a townhouse no that was that was a mansion mansion for sure that was a five-story mansion (laughs) that connected to a six-story mansion on Gramercy Park that was with a gorgeous grand ballroom and giant grand staircase. Can you imagine the parties I could no. be having there? <laughs> I think actually that's where I first met you, maybe. Tell me about how you started your own business from that. The impetus was me being young and naive, honestly. <laughs> I had done all the fabrics for Richard, and I was on the design team, but my main job was to pick all the fabrics that went into the collection and work with all the mills and kind of redesigning them for the collection and so that's heavenly it was pretty fun it was pretty amazing his colors and his fabrics were so beautiful his fabrics were 
fantastic. So I just thought, well, I know how to do this and I can go do this on my own. And I just kind of went off and did it. And I will say I'm very lucky because I am still around today, but I knew nothing. Were you scared? Not nearly as scared as I should have been. (laughs) (laughs) I frankly should have stayed working for people for longer. Were you? No. Well. No, I I really should have because I think that I think I would have gained so much more knowledge the more that I had gone to kind of work with small companies. But somehow I did it. And one. So when I started out, it was me and one sewer. And that sewer is still with me today. Really? Mm hmm. Was your family supportive of your parents and your husband? They thought I was, well, Insane. I wasn't married at that time. <laughs> but my parents were like, this is crazy. <laughs> you can't afford to do this. I don't know what you're thinking. And your heart is going to get broken. Yeah. I mean, I think they really kind well, of worried that. I'm sure in your heart's probably gotten broken a hundred times in the process. Mine has. It, it still does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I think my parents with very good reason had a lot of trepidation over this is not going to work out well and you know (laughs) it was really tough it still is really tough it's yeah never changes but it's also shaped my life in so many ways you have lovely parents too and one thing i remembered always was that your both of your parents were at every show well, what's funny, my mom was, she's been at most shows. My dad, who anyone who has ever met him would know he is not into fashion at <laughs> all, any way, shape, or form. My mother also collects a lot of contemporary art, which he forever, my dad passed away, yeah. as I know you know, mm-hmm. but my dad forever has called it wall shit. And I know I can say that on a podcast. <laughs> yes, you can. We're not sponsored. <laughs> but he would be like, yeah, that's Dee Dee's wall shit. So Dee Dee has some killer wall shit. She though. has some great wall shit. But yes, that is how my dad would term all of it. So I know that he similarly kind of felt that way about fashion. But it is really funny. So from some of the earlier shows, you know, we wouldn't have a very long runway and the photo pit would not be very strategically <laughs> placed. And you can see in every single picture, my dad sitting there with his eyes closed and mouth open <laughs> where he's napping. completely napping. And mind you, shows are only 12 minutes exactly. long. So it's but not But it takes like... about an hour for them to start, in all fairness. <laughs> yes, but it's not like he couldn't stay up for that 12 minutes, but he didn't. <laughs> Your dad was a was a very successful business person. And did you, did you ever ask him for advice along the way? Oh, or... all the time. Yeah. Of course, he was so supportive of me and would you know, talk to me about anything. But I think at the same time, he was like, what is this piddly business? (laughs) And what is this industry? You know, it's a, it's a tough industry. The only people, I think you really get into it if you love it. And if it's what you really feel. And I know you feel that way too. It's just, it's, I say it all the time. It's just really not a hobby at all. No, it's not a hobby. (laughs) No, but it's, it's, you know, I can't, I look at my life and I know that you do too. And I just think, wow, it's so hard day in, day out. It never gets easier. And I'm not kidding about that. It never gets easier. But it's also just been so much fun. I mean, there are days where I'm like, how did I get signed up for arts and crafts class (laughs) with gorgeous fabrics every single day? Like, It's the only thing I want to do. 
Yeah. The only thing. It's kind of amazing. Your first child, Gray, your son, was born early in the business. Uh-huh. Was that scary? Yes. So I've always told people I had prepartum depression <laughs> instead of postpartum depression. Yeah. I don't think anything's changed. My mom, who was who is so forward thinking about everything except me. <laughs> was when I told her that I was pregnant and I hadn't really been trying to get pregnant. You know, I was married, but I was always like, oh, kids are five years off, five years off, five years off. (laughs) And it would never get closer. But, you know, I got pregnant pretty quickly. And she was like, well, you're going to go part time, aren't you? And I was like, how does one go part time when your name is on the door? Right. And I think, you know, she was always like, how are you going to raise this child and continue Mm -hmm. working? And I think that kind of a little bit freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, well, I mean, I don't know. You know, the world is different today Mm -hmm. where you have all of these female entrepreneurs and they're talking about kids and there's, you know, such a difference. And there's now all these breastfeeding rooms and there's just a lot more support. And I think back then... Of course, there were women working. And of course, you know, people had kids. But I think, you know, I felt, and I think it was self-inflicted, but I felt a lot of, like, judging that I wasn't going to quit or I was going to keep working and what was going to happen to this baby. And I think that's why I've always said I had prepartum depression because I was like, my life is not changing. Yeah. I am forging ahead. My daughters, I think maybe they're right they're right around but you were real a real expander for me in that I had never seen a woman work I mean an entrepreneur oh wow and I think to see you continue to work was really influential on me and then there was another do you remember Khaki Daniels totally and really truly I had an appointment at Khaki's apartment she was you know, like eight and a half months pregnant and just hustling, working. And I thought, oh, I I didn't know that you could actually do this. I I had never seen an example of that, I'm embarrassed to say. Well, you know, no, I I know what you're talking about because we both grew up in, you know, more Southern-rooted places, which that's not to say that women in the South aren't working, but it wasn't as common as what you would see, I'm assuming, on the East Coast. And it was tough for me. It was definitely not easy, but I have one of the most amazing husbands ever who, you know, he certainly didn't grow up this way, but I also feel like I had this just, I had this kind of reaction that was like, you're not, my life is not going to be taken away from kids. Like, this is my dream. Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow this and I'm going to do the best that I can. But I think it, I also kind of credit with it. I would always, and my husband still is angry with me today over this, <laughs> but I'd be like, listen, buddy, this thing is 50-50. Yeah. I change a diaper, you change the next one. Yep. I change this, you do that. But we, and we didn't really see that growing up. I mean, I, I love my dad. I loved your dad, but like, no. I, they didn't change diapers. No, <laughs> I don't suspect ever. Yeah. I mean, like my dad coached the soccer team and sure. that was like... <laughs> flying a banner around the dad of the year was that he would coach a soccer team. I mean, no, so much has changed and so much has changed in, you know, parental roles. The other thing that I think I really started realizing, I feel like I get the quality 
and I don't need the quantity right. to go along yeah, with it. For sure. One of my favorite things about you is that you stay true to your Texas roots and um, really lean into color in your designs. Yeah, I'm a color girl. <laughs> <laughs> Has that always been well received? And did you ever waver on that? And I guess did you ever waver on your southernness in New York? Because I know it's hard to know. I don't think so. You know, you haven't changed one moment, one bit no, since I've known you. And you know what? We've always, you know, kind of known who we are and we that's what we do. And even when different trends are taking over and whatever we do is so not it, that's still what we do. I just, I think I, well, first of all, in terms of color, I have never worn black. I don't, <laughs> never understood black. I mean, I would say- I don't say, look good in black. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wear black. I don't look good in black. I just don't do black. Yeah. But so my office is always laughing. They're like, oh yeah, we convinced her to add like black three years ago, which is kind of- it's <laughs> I kind do of actually remember that collection. They were like, this is kind of extraordinary. We listed a black collection. <laughs> well, we didn't do a black collection, but we definitely like- did five styles that you could also it was order like black, in black. Polka dot. <laughs> <laughs> but I just you know I like happy fun colors yeah. and I that's, I think people look happy and beautiful I do too and like I've never understood why you go to a party in the like little black dress I'm like well, what about the bright yellow citrine <laughs> dress how could you not want to wear that instead <laughs> Another thing I think that Southern women um, have in common is that we are very, we have, we share a love for tradition, specifically, well, entertaining for sure, but weddings. I've always said that we're an entertaining lifestyle brand because the people who are buying our clothes are wearing them to their, you know, calendar of social events. Like you're not doing drop off and pick up in Lila Rose clothes. And, you <laughs> they know, they I are th- in Charlotte, actually. <laughs> Go Charlotte. I love that. No, but I have always said that, you know, we're so much about entertaining and that's what we like to do with shows. We like to offer you food and drink and entertain you as much as just show you the clothes. We're like creating this fantasy world. So we launched Wedding probably 11, 12 years ago. And Really because I was like, what is your bigger, what is your biggest entertaining moment? It's your wedding day. Mm. And it's really been so much fun. I mean, for the longest time, we've always dressed, you know, the mother of the bride or the mother of the groom and brides around their events, but we hadn't done their actual wedding dress. And it's really been to get to kind of be that memory for that person on the most special day. I mean, that's the... That's the one dress that you always will talk about for the rest of your life is what you wore. And so it's really kind of such an honor and it's, it's really special and it's really kind of sentimental in a way. And madly successful. And I think that you are the most original person in that entire space. I mean, your dresses, oh, your dresses look like nothing else. I mean, they're so beautiful. And we sell them also as debutante gowns. Which I love. Yeah. (laughs) Which I love that. Those are always the prettiest debutantes they come out. You can tell. It's a but they're dress. really fun and you know they're not they're not what I think is expected out there and they're just true to kind of like what I would want to wear today do you have were. more fun doing that or, or the ready to wear 
Well, I personally love the colors and ready to wear. I mean, and you do have some color limitations right. in <laughs> wedding. And I do love every season whenever, you know, all the interviewers are like, um, tell me about the collection. I'm like, well, it's a white. It is a symphony in white. <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of like, hmm, let me tell you about the color palette. It's white. And champagne. And white going, no, we don't even go as dark as champagne. <laughs> No one wears champagne. They don't look good in it. No, it's kind of rough. It doesn't brighten them up no. on a wedding day. <laughs> one of the things, too, that you've always done, I think, more beautifully than everyone else is the way you do your shows. Well, they're fun. Will you talk about that and kind of what you do and how you do it? I literally... And why, really? Because I crack up. <laughs> <laughs> I truly crack up at planning our shows. For fall, a year ago... This was probably my all-time favorite show, and I don't know if I'll ever have one that I think is quite as much fun. We did the Roseminster Dog Show, so it was a spoof on the Westminster Dog Show meets Best in Show. And I mean every single detail. And what I love are details. I love it in clothing and designing them, but I also love like matching your drink to your dress and your dress to your table and <laughs> Every single thing in between. So, you also love dogs. I love dogs. <laughs> I love a theater production. <laughs> I was like, this is everything. So, we had 16 dogs that we cast for this show. And it was, I thought this was also so serendipitous. The Westminster Dog Show was going on that yeah. exact same day. Yeah. Which I've been to it. I was amazing because I went <laughs> later that night. But it also caused this little wrench in my plan in that we were hiring professional dogs. <laughs> but of course, so many of them were then in the Westminster <laughs> right. Dog Show. They had a call time. We Well, they didn't <laughs> just have a call time. They were unavailable. <laughs> they were not going to get their feathers ruffled before this giant thing for them. Uh, so we had a lot of influencer, Instagram influencer dogs oh <laughs> on the runway. So they had gobs of followers, but they were not the most well-behaved dogs that you've ever seen. So were it there was any actually, disasters, any bites or anything? No, we had one dog who definitely went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> He definitely went nuts, and the model kind of didn't really know it. It, it was, uh, it was a shit show, but it was <laughs> hilarious. And we had color commentary. We it was uh, start to finish. Jenna Bush was one of our color yeah. commentators, and Robert Verdi. Oh, that's and right. And I had them over the weekend prior to kind of like work on what they were going to say. They fully ad libbed. <laughs> it was one of the funniest nights of my life. But so Jenna starts out the show, and she's like. Well, Robert, you know, I have to say, I like big mutts and I cannot lie. And I mean, I am backstage literally just thinking, I don't know how it gets any better than this. Uh, <laughs> All the girls walking out with clothes. It was hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. I want to hear a little bit about Pearl. We have launched this new collection really about a, almost two years ago now. It's called Pearl by Leela Rose, and it's really so much fun for me. Number one, it's a much more casual collection, and it's all affordable luxury. But what I love about it is that the way that we're selling it is completely different. And everyone talks now about this whole direct-to-consumer, direct-to-consumer. 
And we really are going direct to consumer with this business, but in a completely different way. So we pick stylists across the country mm-hmm. that you know host the collection for a week, whether they do it pop-up shop or they do it in their home. That's the way that we sell it. But what I really love about this is, number one, we're kind of partnering with women across the country to kind of set up their own little entrepreneurial businesses. But my favorite part is we design a cocktail that goes along with each and every collection. (laughs) So we give you recipes. So when you walk into any Pearl event, you are presented with a cocktail. We've done the straws. We've done the napkins. (laughs) We, You know, if I can. I was going to say, have you made the cookies? (laughs) I tried in the beginning to have everyone match the canapes to the whole thing. Everyone totally revolted on that, and that was not going to happen. So I, unlike me, gave up (laughs) on that alone. But it's really such a fun concept. And then we do all these fun things, like we will make dinner napkins that actually match the collection. Cool. So you can... I love... My, you know, <laughs> your dream, dream is, is that totally you your match dream. your drink to your dress and your dress to your table. Now, no one buys the dinner napkins, but I'm like, <laughs> but look, can you believe it? <laughs> Have you done aprons yet to match? Not yet, no, but okay. we will. I but know you know, you we've done oven mitts. We've done all <laughs> kinds of things. We are approaching the holidays and I know you love entertaining. Can you give me your favorite holiday recipe? Oh, my favorite holiday recipe. I've got so many. I do do this upside down pear gingerbread cake, which is, oh, it's unbelievably good. Is it a request by your children? And do you celebrate in Texas or in New York? We celebrate now all over the place. Everywhere. Sometimes it's Jackson Hole. (laughs) Oh, that's right. You know, we're actually going to be in Texas for Thanksgiving because we're going to be in Japan. So I'm making our traditional breakfast right after Thanksgiving as if, anyone needs another meal <laughs> because we're going to be missing it this year but there is one tradition they don't they know what they're going to get in terms of food but so every year and my mom did this for me growing up and it's my favorite thing it's the string gift so every year underneath the christmas tree you know you'd run down open up all the big boxes and all the big things first and at the very end my parents would be like oh, you missed that there. And it would be this gift that you would open up and you would have to follow the string all over the house and over door jams and under this. And then, you know, it would kind of be this really incredibly special gift. Not super expensive. But a family gift. Right. It's something really fun. (laughs) And I've done that every year with my kids. And I kind of thought, all right, you know, my son's 18, my daughter's (laughs) 12. Of course, I knew she was still going to want it. But... I was kind of thinking, I'm not really going to do a string gift this year. My son was like, are you kidding me? I have to have a string gift. <laughs> Come on, I was woman. like, oh. <laughs> because my husband definitely does not go 50-50 no. on this one no. with me. That is all me. I oh, love it. You're, you're so creative and inspirational. What, what motivates you? I don't know if this is a great answer, but what motivates is me having fun. <laughs> I You always have fun. No, I literally, that is, I am like, it has to be fun for me. Yeah. I don't really care if it's fun for anyone else, but I'm like, I do care if it's fun for anyone else. But <laughs> I've always laughed that, you know, I throw my passion and heart and soul and heart and soul into everything that I that I do, basically because I only do what I like to do and what I have fun doing. And if I am not enjoying it, I really won't do it. It's like yeah. hurting turtles with me. So I feel the same way. I mean, I don't, and I don't think you should work with people you don't love. And no. 
All of that. I mean, I'm completely motivated by having fun. On every podcast we ask what you were to the prom. I cannot oh. wait to hear. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to tell you all the terrible things, but because really, I, of course, made my prom dress. Did you? Well, along with my mom. With Dee Dee, yes. She was, she was basically the one sewing it, but I was the one designing it. Right. And let's just say it was very 80s, a very late 80s, early 90s and feel with big bows kind of all over the dress and some ruching. And Did it have a color? And, oh, it was pink. <laughs> pink with big bows. Ooh. I love it. I would expect nothing less. I'm getting, I'm getting feels of falcon crest. <laughs> thank you so much, Leela. Oh, thank you, Laura. I've loved this. It's always fun to get to talk to you. Likewise. What We Wore is produced by Capital and Balto Creative Media. The original song, Someone So Enchanting, was composed and performed by Britt Drazda. What We Wore is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.